Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week I'm part of a great program called the Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mendenhall and Pete Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So this is what you have to do. Just follow the Ringer MMA show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. Let's roll, baby. It is a special Tuesday edition of New York, New York, as the trade deadline has come and gone in Major League Baseball. And I think it is fair to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one team in town with a clear, concise, obvious plan of action. The other team in town, a very confusing, a very befuddling plan of action. Two drastically different approaches for two teams now that are in different spots as we get ready for the final two months of the regular season. You got to start with the big news of the day, and that is that the New York Mets have officially eradicated and erased everything that has transpired in this dud of a 2023 season. I am surprised they ended up making the move that they did today because Billy Epler and what you heard from the New York Mets was this is not a fire sale. This is not a cleansing across the board. Bah, bah, bah. They said that after Robertson. They said that after Scherzer. But now it's official. The Mets now have set themselves up for two years and three years down the road. And I think you have to deal with the harsh reality. Justin Verlander gone. They are not going to have an ace that's ready to go for the 2024 season. Their farm system's better set up. They clearly are thinking two and three years down the road. If you listened or you read any of the nuggets that Scherzer put in that Ken Rosenthal piece, I don't know if this is David Stearns pulling these strings from behind the scenes. I don't know if this is Cohen kind of giving you the message for what the Mets were going to do in late June when things were in a tailspin. And he basically hinted at, hey, I can go and buy prospects if I need to. I can go and get myself out of these contracts if I need to. They go and get a top 100 prospect. He's young. He's got the sort of tools from a position player standpoint the Mets are looking for, but is he going to be any good? Who the hell knows? For anybody to say one way or another, you know with prospects, nobody knows a damn thing with a good majority of these prospects because... There's the great uncertainty to how they're going to translate to the big leagues. Here's the way we can look at this stuff from a Met perspective. They took the big swing with Scherzer and Verlander. They whiffed. But for those who think now the Mets are all of a sudden in the offseason going to go and say, yeah, Urias, Yamamoto, Snell, we're going to get two of those three guys and give them six, seven, eight-year contracts. I I don't see it that way. I think the Mets are going to kind of move in a patient manner. I think they will bide their time for younger players to go and complement what they have. And maybe it's two years from now they make a big splash. Or three years from now they're making a big splash. I'll proclaim it. I'll say it. I would be certified stunned if Shohei Otani 
is wearing a Met uniform next year or a Yankee uniform for that matter. It's not coming to either team. But the Mets and the moves that they've made and everybody basically is gone. Fam is gone. Canna is gone. Leon is gone. Scherzer and Verlander and Robertson are gone. They have waved the white flag on 2023. There's no way in the world they're putting a championship caliber product on the field next year. That's fine. But know that is the plan, at least the way I see it, for Steve Cohen and company. They were sick and tired of spending on the older players. They wanted to get it right from a minor league standpoint. Now we will see if they can get it right over the next two to three years. But a total about face, a total change in direction, and it will be forever known, 2023, as the worst team money can buy. That 90s team with Saberhagen and Vince Coleman and Bobby Bonilla, that has now been surpassed by the Mets and the payroll they spent and what they did last year and how they fell flat on their face this year. But now you can close the book on them as far as 2023, and it will be interesting to see. Listen, I don't have the answers for you to how they will address and how they will attack everything now moving forward with their offseason. But if you think they're putting a championship caliber product on the field next year, I think you are gravely mistaken. And if they get it right with their minor league development, you might look two, three years down the road and say this was a great day. To say that for next year, you can't necessarily make that case. Now, from a Yankee perspective, there's not much to report. Uh, who, who's the guy they just got from the White Sox? Can I, can I, can I get his name right? Uh, Middleton. That, that is the big move for the New York Yankees. And before I roast the franchise, and I think everybody who knows me and knows my feelings right now, I don't want them to make the playoffs. I want them to clean house. I am so sick and tired of the stale product they're putting out on the field. But for those of you who are in the mindset of, oh, well, the Yankees, they needed to buy, they needed to buy, they needed to buy. Who? They weren't getting Otani. I love the delusional report. Oh, they were scouting San Diego in the event that Juan Soto was going to become available. Please. Like you would get Juan Soto in July. That was delusional to say the least. And even if they ended up, you give me the guy, Candelario, Randall Gritchick, whoever these guys might be. Do you think that's changing this Yankee team? If there's a complaint, honestly, that I have from a Yankee standpoint, is that I actually would have preferred the Yankees sold a couple of pieces. Now, they were never going to have the gumption and the gall and the chutzpah to go and do that. Because this is not 2016 where they have their farm system basically lined up where Judge was on the rise and Bird was on the rise and Sanchez was on the rise, where whether that worked out or not, you could see it. You could feel what the organization was trying to do. Now, no, 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 no. They, this must be an all-in team. And they are so delusional. Listen, I, I, I say it. I know I sound like a broken record and I'm blue in the face. I don't really care. There's still people in the organization that think they can make noise this year. And that's not me talking. Only who's buddy-buddy with Boone from his ESPN days. And that's why I don't put any stock in the report that he threw out there the other day. Even though Hal, listen, is Kendall Roy and is a joke and is going to drive me nuts for a variety of different reasons. Be careful of the source. Because that's a that that's an Aaron Boone source. Maybe that's Aaron Boone spins on. Who the hell knows? But the idea that, oh, if we get in, we can make a dent. Please. Please. Team stinks. The team has one of the worst offensive products I've ever seen in my life. And it would be fitting if Tampa and the Astros basically closed the book on the Yankees. Two teams that have tormented the Yankees over the years. And oh, by the way, get ready. Justin Verlander. Lined up to pitch in New York against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium over the course of the weekend. So, crickets from a Yankee perspective. I wish they were selling, number one, the Mets. It is now a total about face in how they view the next couple of years. And I didn't think even with Verlander, they were going to be championship caliber. I didn't know they would go to the extreme that they did. And I'm very curious to see how the Mets fan feels about it. Very, very curious. So on that note, let's lead it off with one of the biggest Mets fans I know. I think it's an appropriate start. Uh, our buddy Mark at Kings Park, I give you credit, pal. Didn't know your team would be able to go and trade the likes of Verlander and Scherzer and get prospects in return. I'll take the L on that one. I underestimated 
the financial prowess Cohen has of basically eating money so that they can go and get prospects. So may a couple more. May a couple. Thanks, JJ. You can hear me, right, man? I got you. Let's go. Is um, So I agree with everything you said about the Yankees, but being a diehard Met fan, I want to talk about the Mets. Um, is, look, Stephen Cohen, and this is where I, I'm going to really disagree with you, is that I think that the Mets did a hell of a job today. And you know what? The Mets... I'm not arguing that. Mark, I've never, I never said they didn't do a bad... I never said they did a bad job. I'm surprised they moved Verlander. If, if I were running the team, I would not have necessarily moved Verlander, but they got good prospects in return. As far as the prospects are concerned, nobody is arguing that. No, but what I'm disagreeing with you about is next year. Okay. The reason why is because there are so many starting pitchers that the Mets can go out and get. And Stephen Cohen, basically, this is what Evan Roberts actually just said, that the Mets basically bought a minor league system. And for one second, do you think that Stephen Cohen is going to let the Mets not be competitive next year? Just for one second. Competitive is one thing. Championship caliber is a much different conversation, though. Be fair on that, Mark. So here's, here's the issue, though. Here's the issue. Free agency, yes. Steve Cohen bought a minor league system. 100% right. Steve Cohen can go and sign, you give me the guy, Julito, Urias, Noah, Yamamoto, whoever the free agent of your choice may be. You're going to go get those guys, though, Mark. You're going to commit in six and seven years for those particular pitchers. Just be aware of that. That is the thing. That's how you're going and getting them. Not necessarily. Oh, you know what? Oh, I don't buy that for a minute. You think a guy like Mark, a guy like Snell, or a guy like Noah is not taking a one- or two-year contract. They'd be an idiot. First of all, if that were my client, I would tell them they're a moron because of the fickle nature of injuries with pitchers. I don't care how much guaranteed money you're getting. You cannot take a one- or a two-year contract. you got to get as many years as humanly possible. You have to. I 100% agree with that. What I'm saying, though, is that I can see them taking a ton of money, right? Because Stephen Cohen just basically, what he did is he's a trader. And he basically just traded the team in which he said, okay, I'm going to lose X amount of money with Verlander. I'm going to I'm gonna have a depreciation asset with Scherzer, etc. Now I have, now I lose 100% of my return. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some of that money and I'm going to load in these free agents and I'm going to give them basically more money for a shorter term time period. I can see them taking four years five years. I don't necessarily see a seven-year contract for a pitcher. I don't think we're on baseball that really there's many teams that want to do seven years for a pitcher anymore. For the Yeah, you just saw, but Mark, you you just saw with Rodon this offseason with the Yankees. And these sort of guys are going to profile in similar ways. Whoever, maybe it's Noah, Snell is going to be the guy who gets the most amount of money because he has pitched the best out of any of these guys and his free agent timing is perfect. Could you envision a world where the Mets go and sign one of those pitchers? Yeah. But I can't see the Mets now with the way they're kind of positioning things. They're adding a bunch of guys that might be really helpful for them, but they're probably not going to help next year. You know what I'm saying, dude? They're probably two and three years down the road, and I think everything Rosenthal got from Max Scherzer is a thousand percent accurate. I I don't think Scherzer was bullshitting. I don't think Scherzer was giving you anything that was wrong. I think he probably said, listen, are you all in next year? And Cohen probably told him, I'm not. I made a mistake. I need to get this right. And I'm thinking two and three years down the road. So that's the point I'm trying to make, Mark. I am not envisioning this Met team next year, no matter what they do in free agency, because they're not getting Otani. I don't see them as a team that's a championship contender. That's all. That's all. So come back with you. Number one is the one picture that I see that the Mets can be after, hot and heavy, and give a seven-year contract to, which I would completely agree with that, forgetting his name, but that Japanese pitcher, Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Yeah. Yes. So seven years for him? Sure, absolutely. I could toy the Mets doing that. And then getting another one of the pitchers, maybe a Snell or 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 whoever. Um, you know, there's a lot of different players, maybe a Noah. But where I think, and this is what I was talking about as far as the difference between being competitive in a championship team, I think what the Mets want to do is now they've highly, and I think that you'd agree with me, they've highly upgraded their farm system. Highly. And what I can see the Mets doing is saying, great. Let's see where we're at. We're going to make a bunch of different acquisitions now to sell off assets, build off the farm system because that's very important. Keep the player development going. See where we're at at this time next year at the trade deadline. If the team shows that that we're competitive 
and we need some more pieces to get to the next level, which is a championship caliber team. Then that's where now we have- They can go and do it. I agree. I agree. And listen, Mark, they might be thinking further down the road. Give you an example. Good call as always. Soto. Soto is going to be a free agent in two years. Who the hell knows what happens the rest of this year with the Padres? Is he traded in the offseason? You are positioned potentially to go and make a move like that. I do think, though, the Mets are looking at this and they're saying, we're old. You can't win through free agency and free agency alone. They're right about that. They are a thousand percent spot on about that. So if you can develop some guys, complement that, add to that, can absolutely work. I just don't think you're going to see that return on investment immediately next year. I still think they were positioned to do so. I would have continued it with with uh, with Verlander. I love the Scherzer trade. I understand it, though. They're not taking any half measures. You can say what you want about the Mets. They are not taking any half measures any longer. They contradicted themselves a little bit. It's okay. If it works out, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care. But it's a weird spot to be an all-in team just four months ago and now singing an entirely different tune. Uh, let's head to uh, Anthony and Tom's River. He joins us next. Anthony, hello. It's good to talk to you again. How you doing? Hi, Anthony. What's up, man? Yeah, it looks like uh, Houston may knock out uh, the Yankees again this year, except it will be in August. Uh, stunning, except they'll do it in August this year instead of October. So, uh, great. I've been, great. I've been calling you for like the past, it seems like, two months about Yankees got to get Otani, they got to get Soto. And, you know, call me crazy, but I was willing to just like give up the prospects to get these guys. As we were getting closer to the deadline, it looked like they were definitely not going to make a big move. Um, but I just don't understand, like, if you're at this point in the season, because these players like Stanton and Rizzo, they are not playing up to their baseball card. And maybe the ownership and, and Cashman thinks that they'll turn it around. They're delusional. They had to make a move. And if they're not going to make a move for this season, What's Glaber Torres next year? I don't think he's going to be on the team. I like Bader, but I don't know if they'll bring him back either. So now you have these, you know, these players that you're not going to get any value for. And so I kind of want to get your thoughts. If like you were hoping that maybe they were going to be sellers at the deadline. Yeah. I mean, Anthony, after what I've seen over the last couple of games, I was in that direction. Now, I didn't think they'd have the gall. I didn't think they'd have the stones to go and do it like they did in 2016. But basically, the Yankees, they didn't want to go and push their chips in the middle of the table. Couldn't do it. Padres weren't trading Soto. The Angels weren't trading Otani. Bellinger, who they probably wanted to go and get, he's not available because of what happened with the Cubs and the idea that they started winning games. And they're in this no man's land. They're in like the worst possible spot you can be. I think you talk to most fans, they don't want the team in the playoffs because that's the hope that it's going to, dare I say, trigger major changes within the team. It's tough to root for, I have to admit. Like sitting there as I'm watching the game, I'm like, yeah, it's probably the best for them to lose. But as you watch it, Stanton's grounded in double plays, it's, 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 a, it's a really, really tough spot. Very tough spot. But the best thing that can happen to the Yankees is bottom out this year because they're broken. They're nowhere close to where they need to be. And until you get that change, it's more the same. That's what's frustrating. Go uh, to uh, Eric, who joins us uh, next. What's up, Eric? How are we doing? I agree with everything that Eric. What's I agree up, with Tom? everything that Anthony just said. I think the Yankees brass right now is just delusional, and they built a really flawed roster with guys that couldn't be traded for value. So I'm not surprised they didn't make a big splash because there just wasn't a big move to be made, especially when you saw you know Bellinger and other guys come off the board. Um, I would have loved for them to have moved off some of the contract year guys like a Sevy or an IKF and just call up the kids. But the Yankees just don't do what the winning teams do. Well, the Yankees also don't have elite-level prospects. See, that's the problem. They had a window to go and win a title. They didn't win a title. Now what has happened, Eric, is they've gotten old. You know, outside of Cole and outside of Judge, who do you like on this team? Volpe's clearly not where he needs to be. He's one of your beacons of light. But the other guys, Stanton looks washed. Rizzo, all of a sudden, looks washed. Lemayu 
looks washed. You never signed the left fielder to begin with. You're getting nothing out of the catcher's position. It's just not a good team. There's no other way to there's no other way to slice it or dice it. They're not a very good offense. And they're delusional in thinking that if they somehow, some way got in the playoffs, that it would dress it. Why all of a sudden now would this team start hitting when they have not hit for a hundred games? Based upon what? It's more than a hundred games. It goes back to like midway through last year, too. And if they miss the playoffs, which I I don't root against them, but you're almost rooting for change. And the only way that they'll have some kind of change is for massive, you know, bottom out. But if they miss the playoffs, they'll still use the built-in excuse of the injuries with Judge and we didn't have Rodon for half the year and somehow Donaldson was hurt. They'll they'll find some way to come up with a loser's mindset. And the biggest mistakes is that they keep trying the same formula over and over again. They don't develop their young prospects well and let them play. You have Florial and AAA who's tearing it up. You have Peraza who just gets sent up and down all the time. And the top prospects or the quote-unquote top prospects are at least a year and a half away, you know, if that. So I don't really see much hope on the horizon because I expect them to run this exact group uh, back again. And how can anyone expect in this division, Eric, where you have Baltimore young, dynamic, talented, Tampa, and everything they bring to the table, Toronto, who yeah, has got to learn how to win, and they might be a little soft, but talented. And even the Red Sox, Yoshida, Endeavors, like, how's that changing? I have never sensed this element of anger within the Yankee fan base that I've sensed the last couple of years, but especially this year. If this owner, after a year in which they do not make the postseason, is going to stand in front of his fans and basically say, yeah, we're running it back with the same GM, the same manager, and the same sort of roster, like, good luck. Good luck. That's all I'm going to say. Let's go to Elmhurst. Charlie joins us. Charlie, hello. I'm uh, I'm actually glad, like, I had my World Series, which was last weekend at the Taylor Swift's, because that was it. Because I, at this point, this Yankee, with this Yankee garbage started going on, I'm already resigned. The fact this team is going nowhere. This team's going to continue to do their uh, sinking Titanic, sh- Titanic operation. Let them continue to get bottomed out. And, you know, come September, I think we're going to see some empty seats. And these clowns, uh, if they, I mean, I'm not, I've, I can't feel the sense that I think this has been an awful, like, right vibe around the fans, Yankee fans, probably since, I don't know, CBS days when they owned the team. It is so awful. I mean, like, yesterday, like, soon stands ground double play. I don't hit the showers, man. Uh, it's so awful. Charlie, and I think in order to get the change that you and I are looking for, sometimes you got to hit a point where it's just so bad and it feels so off and it feels so toxic where this owner is going to have no choice. And what's going to hit him the hardest? Serious empty seats in Yankee Stadium come the month of September. And listen, I'll be the first to admit this, and a bunch of you guys have brought this to my attention. I've gone to plenty of games this year. Maybe not as many as I normally go to, but I've gone to plenty of games this year. And the stadium has been packed. You know, that's the thing you notice about Yankee Stadium. Every single game, it's packed, it's packed, it's packed. September, they're playing games, and they're out of playoff contention. And football's back, and school's back in session. That's where you wonder, okay. You're going to be feeling it. I don't know how you run this thing back. But I said that after they lost to the Red Sox in 2021. And over 162 games, they have been a 500 team. So who's Ken Hill? Am I right or am I wrong? Who's kidding who? Let's head to uh, Andrew, who joins us next. Hello, Andrew. What's happening, bud? kind of disagree a little bit with your first caller, Mark, when he's talking about signing these free agents in the offseason. I wasn't sure Max was on base, but they just interviewed Lindor, and he basically echoed his conversation with uh, with Cohen and with Epler that their plan is really to, com- uh, to compete in 25 or 26. So I don't think they'd be making a lot of big contract moves. I know it could be posturing. But I actually think you're going to see more cuts. I, you know, they said there's a problem in the locker room. I think that uh, you can't get rid of Lindor, so I wouldn't be surprised to see McNeil go. And the Athletic reported today that although they're not actively trading, try, trying to trade Pete, they are listening to offers. So who knows if they'll even sign him? You know, he's a free agent after next year. So this team could look very different next year. 
I don't know what you think. Well, I don't, dis- I don't disagree with that, Andrew. Now, finding a taker for a guy like McNeil is going to be very complicated. They extended him. The extension looks like an absolute horror because since they banned the shift, he hasn't been the same player. I almost think you've got to bring McNeil back and hope he can find some sort of resurgence in 2024. Alonzo's interesting. He's the obvious face of the franchise with Lindor. His power numbers are terrific. Like, he's on pace to set all sorts of Met records for home runs and whatnot. Are you going to lock him up for seven, eight, nine years, though? My gut says yes. It's marketable. Feels like they like him. But when you make moves and you handle your business the way the Mets did today, and Alonzo's a free agent at the end of next year, it's at least a conversation wondering about his future and where he stands with the Mets. It's worth the conversation. And that's a guy, listen, he'll live for power, but are you going to maximize a lot of the best years of Alonzo coming up? I don't know. I don't know. And that's why it's weird from this standpoint for the Mets. I get it. Wasn't working this year. Totally understood. Scherzer, Robertson, Pham, et cetera. But you got a lot of guys under contract next year making big money. Nimmo's making big money. McNeil's under contract. Maybe not making big money, but he's here. Lindor's making big money. Marte is making big money. So you're not getting rid of those guys. Now you're kind of like looking at 2024. Truthfully, in many ways, it's a transition year. You could try to sell it any which way you like. 2024 is a transition year for the Mets. Uh, let's head to our buddy, Anthony, uh, who's up next. He joins us. Anthony, the floor is yours. Take it away. JJ, my friend, I, I wish I could you know, scream and yell that the Yankees did nothing, but I agree with you. There was no real big move to be made. And this is the same exact team from last year that got just their absolute ass handed to them. In, in the ALCS by the Astros, I don't, I don't even know what to think anymore. You know, root for them to miss the playoffs. Maybe something will change. I don't think anything's going to change. Cashman is first year of a four-year extension after Hal says after Rodon, we're not done yet. We're still waiting for a fucking left fielder since last year. It's a joke. You have nothing at catcher. You need a third baseman if you're not going to let Peraza play third base. Volpe, is he a culprit? Absolutely not. He's a 21-year-old kid who needs to develop a little bit more. He was rushed by a phenomenal spring and because of how bad IKF was last year. Center field, you're going to have another question mark. Is Bader worth a long-term deal? I like the guy. He plays great defense. He's a career 250 hitter. Who knows with Judge? Stanton has been terrible. Rizzo has been statistically the worst baseball player since June. He is worse than Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks. Let that sink in. It's a joke. Blow the whole thing up. Do whatever. But let's face it. They're not going to do anything because, like you just said, the stadium will always be packed out because of the interlocking NY. Fans will always go because suckers like me and you, we're diehard fans. We will never turn our back. We won't turn our back on them. We won't. Yeah, it's tough to. It's tough to, Anthony. Listen, I want to say, oh, I'm not going to go. And if they bring back Boone and Cashman, I'm not going to renew. And then I know... I'm an idiot. Like, I'm a sucker. And I'll find myself in a position where I'm out with you with the bodega on opening day and we're getting ready for the 2024 season. Um, But here's what I know, Anthony. You're a good Yankee fan and that's why I love you. I can't think of a time where I've been more down on the team, more down on the organization, and they could not feel any more stale, dude. It's stale. It's so stale. It's like every element within the organization. Like yesterday, perfect example. Herman. This whole nonsense that he can't start the game. I mean, in a nutshell, though, Anthony, doesn't that kind of sum up everything that's wrong with the Yankees, dude? Listen, that's that's the problem of it, it's almost like they're the last 18 months. They, they've turned into the Wilpon run Mets with some of like the circus shit that goes on. That just doesn't make any sense that you sit there and you look at as a diehard Yankee fan and say, this has got to be someone on Twitter just making a joke. There's no way that he's got an armpit problem. OK, he can't pitch. And then he's warming up in the, in the what, the fourth inning, third inning, and now he's pitching. It's just, it's frustrating, man. Yes, no matter what, we'll always be there. We'll be at the bodega. We'll be ripping cigars, having fun, laughing about it. And then most likely five months down the road from opening day, I have a feeling we're going to have this exact same conversation of, 
It's the same team we ran it back with, maybe minus Donaldson and probably Bader. IKF has proven he's a really good super utility guy, and he's embraced the role. Is he a major league player for the New York fucking Yankees? No. It's tough, Anthony. And here's what I know. Normally, in order for change to happen, it's got to get bad. It's got to get embarrassing. And it's impossible to root for, especially knowing the Yankees haven't had a losing season since 1992. And they're always in the mix. You have Aaron Judge. You have Garrett Cole. This team gets in the playoffs or not. They're not doing a damn thing. I'm at the point where part of me is like, let it get bad in September so this owner can feel and understand the wrath that's coming from the fan base. And I don't know, Anthony, if they miss the playoffs, what you want to tell me Cashman is safe, fine. And listen, scouting, analytics, the GM, the manager, the players, they're all at fault for the team being the mess that they're in. But I don't know how at the end of this year, if you miss the postseason, with their payroll and with their resources, you get in front of everybody and say, yeah, we're bringing everybody back. I don't know how you do that. I don't know. No, I mean, listen, it's... it's it- I don't even know. I'm literally at a loss for words for it because it's just, like you said, Cashman, do I think they're going to get rid of him? No. But the bigger problem that I see is maybe it's not us, the fans, that need to start causing hell about it. Nobody's really spoken about this yet. You know who has an opt-out after the 2024 season? Garrett Cole. Exactly. Cole needs to, maybe Cole needs to have a Scherzer-like sit-down with the front office, with Judge, with whoever, and say, listen, this isn't working. We got to figure this out because everyone knows Cole wanted to be here. He didn't want to go anywhere else. He wanted to be here. And if your ace is telling you, fix this or I am opting out, and let's face it, with the pitching market right now, he'll easily get more than the 36 mil per year that he has left in the contract, without a doubt. It's crazy thinking about, Anthony, the idea that Garrett Cole signed that crazy contract a few years ago and now feels like he's underpaid. And it feels like he's undervalued for what he brings to the staff every fifth day. The Yankees got Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, and a whole lot of garbage. That's what they got right now. Those two guys and a whole lot of garbage. All right, this should be interesting. Our buddy, who is always fired up, the great Hector in Washington Heights. He joins us here as the Met fire sale is complete. Um, Hector, were you annoyed about the way it went down today with Verlander? Did that bother you? Uh, I mean, JJ, first of all, man, thanks for doing this. Um, I needed this. Um, you know, you're my guy, Sal's my guy. I even text, I thought about you earlier and I texted Sal. I said, can you do a, a special like overnight tonight? Cause I need to bet. And I got you to, it couldn't get better than that. So thank you for, be, for doing this. But, um, upset about it with, the way it went down with Verlander, not necessarily, not necessarily cause I think you saw the writing on the wall kind of, right? Um, within the last 24 hours, all the rumors that were coming out and stuff. And to be honest, JJ, I, I kind of, you know, people want to dismiss what Scherzer's saying, but Lindor's actually backed it up. And people want to say, oh, maybe it was a ploy by the front office to get him to agree to the no trade. But when I saw Scherzer that night after his start say, I need to have a conversation, and the result of that conversation is he, he is immediately traded, I said, uh-oh, I don't know what they told him. But it doesn't sound good because he must have asked to be traded at that point. Like, yeah. I'm willingly want to be traded now because I don't like the way we're going. So that kind of worried me. Um, but you know, like I, you know, you know me, JJ. I'm passionate, like you said. I'm a nut so so I want to win at all the time at all costs. So the reality of what 23 has become after all of this, um, after last year, 101 wins. Yeah, it's upset me. I'm extremely upset about it because this is not what anyone want, would want out of a season, right? But if I step back, I guess you know. I appreciate the fact that they recognize where we are as a team right now and that it probably wasn't going to result in a World Series or even getting close to it, maybe, in the next couple of years. Um, so I do appreciate that. But, you know, I, I also can't go too crazy because I feel like, you know, we just bought some Mega Millions tickets. It just don't, They don't cash tonight. So now I don't know what the jackpot is going to be in two years when these guys start coming up. Is it going to be a billion-dollar jackpot or is it going to be a $250,000 jackpot? You know what I'm saying? They're all just lying. Well, that's the million-dollar question, Hector, with these prospects. And there are no certainties. You don't have to remind me and you of that. I mean, I lived through it with the Baby Bombers, where outside of Aaron Judge, the Yankees rolled a whole lot of snake eyes with Gary Sanchez and Severino 
and Andahar and Frazier. And I don't need to give you the laundry list of Met Ballyhooed prospects who did not pan out, but they have the ability now to realize, look, we're an old team. We need to get younger. And I think Cohen saw it in June. He said, I'm spending all this money. I'm well under 500. I'm embarrassed by the product we're putting on the field. And even though I gave you a three to five window of this is when I'm bringing you a World Series, I got to assess and say, look, our farm system is nowhere close to where it needs to be. Our scouting, our analytics is nowhere close where it needs to be. We got to get those right. We'll kind of build on the fly, buy prospects, get out of some of these contracts, kind of retool in 2024, and hope that these guys can do one of two things for you, Hector. Help the big club, or maybe go and get you somebody else down the road in a trade or whatnot. I think that's what Cohen's thinking, and that's why he's saying, hey, I'm not winning a World Series next year. So if that's the way I'm looking at it, then Justin Verlander being on this team doesn't make sense. No, no, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, once I stepped back and, you know, I, I listened to guys like you and I was watching a little bit of BNNY before I came on and I was listening to Todd Zio. He was along those lines too. Like, you know, everybody was surprised that, you know, I know it was a shock to the fans, a shock to the team and everybody. But you hope that now they're doing the right thing. I mean, I, I do worry. I do worry. And listen, the reviews right now for most of the moves seem to be... Uh, do you trust Epler and company? No, of course not. Um, I wouldn't trust them either. But there's a very good chance they're not going to be making those moves. You have to wonder if David Stearns is basically calling Steve Cohen saying, hey, I want a clean slate. Can you take care of that for me? Billy, give me that clean slate, please. And go from there. Uh, let's head to Vince, who joins us next. Hello, Vince. Hey, what's up, JJ? Vince, what up, dude? How we doing, man? Oh, God. I don't, there's not even enough time to talk about how I'm feeling. But um, all right, so let me first off say this. So I'm a diehard Yankee fan, but I have to tell Mets fans, you guys did a good job with the deadline. Um, I'm a prospect guy. I collect cards. I watch MILB TV all the time. Um, you're going to love Ryan Clifford. Let me say that. Kid's a, kid's a great player at 20 years old. Um, the Mets and Yankees are five games apart. The Yankees have 55 wins. The Mets have 50. The Yankees are, are three and a half out of a wild card spot. The Mets are six. And it it's unfortunate that one team, and obviously I'm a Yankees guy, seems like they know what they're doing and the other team basically doesn't. Under zero, this was basically the worst case scenario if you're the, if you're the Yankees, to basically stand in the mud at the deadline. Because if you're going to talk about, I understand, you know, who are you going to get to move a needle? No one. There was nobody outside of Otani or Soto to move a needle, and you're not getting either one of them. But there's still a hole in left field. There's still the worst you know, statistical left field position for the Yankees this year. There's still a hole at catcher. Higashioka is not an everyday starter, and Ben Revort is you know, not barely even a backup. And even when Trevino and Trevino was horrible this year too, so you really could not, to me, have a worse trade deadline than what the Yankees did. They've basically said that I don't know if it's arrogance, I don't know if they're confused, I don't know really know what it is, but they basically are saying this is what we built, this is what they built last year. The Yankees pretty much brought back the same team as last year, and that's why over the last two hundred games they're one hundred one and a hundred. I mean, it's not a culture shock that all of a sudden the Yankees aren't good. They haven't been good since, like, August of last year. Um, and they brought back the same team, and they're just going to ride, basically ride this out. And it's just a smack in the face, I think, to to a lot of the fans. Um, because we all saw this. We all knew going into a season with Donaldson and Hicks and, and Higashioka and IKF that it wouldn't work. And when it hasn't, the Yankees aren't changing anything. Think about this for a minute, Vince. Excellent points across the board. The Yankees and ownership told you after the Carlos Rodon, we're not done. They had multiple left fielders they could have signed. Professional left fielders. Bellinger, Conforto, Peralta, Yoshida. Wouldn't he look nice in Yankee pinstripes? Like, they could add a variety of different guys. 
They did none of that. They were done after they signed Carlos Rodon. We all watched the ALCS last year. Did the Yankees look like they belong on the same field as the Houston Astros? The answer is no. So it was great they brought back Aaron Judge. It's great they added Carlos Rodon. I was okay with bringing Rizzo back. I didn't pick the Yankees to win a division this year. I didn't think they'd be this bad offensively, but I didn't have my money on that. Tough watch. No other way around it. Very tough watch. And they're tone deaf and delusional to where they stand. Uh, Brett joins us with his Gary Cohn emoji. Hello, Brett. How are you? JJ, how are you? I'm doing okay, Brett. We're hanging in. What's up, man? Overall, feeling okay about the Mets deadline. Um, you know, it's it feels like, you know, the first time in forever, the Mets actually have some blue chip prospects to look forward to. Uh, but more importantly, a perspective I haven't really heard. I, I don't know that the Mets are going to be completely uncompetitive in 2024. You look at, you know, the quote unquote core that they do have, Alonzo, Lindor, Nimmo, Senga. Um, and then you start looking at, you know, some of these fringe franchise pieces like Alvarez and Beatty and, you know, if Mauricio and Vientos can get it going. You know, maybe they're only a couple free agent signings away from at least being competitive. I'm not a huge fan of, you know, everyone completely writing off next season as if it's completely. Well, I mean, what do you mean by writing it off, though, Brett? What do you mean by writing it off? Like, oh, you know, 2026, 2025. But I think that's I think that's as far as a championship window. They don't have a championship window in next year's team, no matter what they do. Unless you tell me, show it. But I, I but I think that's the point, though, Brett. Could they be competitive? Yeah. Uh, you could live in a world where the lineup is much better. They're going to add a veteran pitcher to put alongside Senga. They get Diaz back for the ninth inning. Yeah, like. You could live in a world where six teams get in the playoffs, the Mets go win, I don't know, 87, 88 games and are a wild card team. Yeah, you you could live in that world. But they're coming here here's the difference though, Brad. They're coming off a two year window where they thought they were going to be a championship team. I, I I think that's where the timetable and the timeline gets thrown off a little bit. You know what I mean? No, I totally agree. I totally agree where you're coming from. And I'm not saying championship expectations, believe me. Uh they're they're a long way from that. But, uh, you know, I'm just trying to pump the brakes on on just the apocalyptic, you know, we won't be good for four years, you know, stuff that's going on that I'm seeing online. So, um, well, listen, I get that, Brett. Here's the biggest problem, though, you're going to have in your division over the next couple of years. And you know this, you're a smart fan. The Braves are not going anywhere. The Brave Corps, maybe the Mets are looking at their division and they came to this conclusion saying, hey, guess what? Atlanta right now, they're, they're peak. From Acuna to Albies to Olsen to Riley, like these next two years, they might be looking at maybe another championship or two. Are the Mets going to be a better team than the Phillies next year? Probably not. Probably not. But they can, in theory, be a playoff team. But I just think they are not going to go this offseason and spend the insane amount of money that we saw each of the last two years. I think if you're expecting that as a Mets fan, you're going to be very disappointed. Very, very disappointed. That's where the course of action is changing a little bit in my eyes. Let's head to Brandon. Uh, he's up next. Hi, Brandon. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, JJ? Thanks for having me on. Can you hear me? I got you, Brandon. All good. Yeah, so I think a lot of people don't talk about the like early on in the season, just some of the the moves that Boone was making. I think there was a lot of winnable games we had that Boone just he just blew them. Whether it was just pitching moves or just the lineup just not being consistent. To be honest, as bad as this team has been as of late, this team could realistically be like twelve games above five hundred right now. With even though how bad this lineup uh, I'm not even and listen, Brandon you know this. I am the biggest Aaron Boone hater in the media you're going to find. I don't think he's good at his job. I think he should have been fired two years ago. I am not an Aaron Boone fan in the least. I have to be fair on this. The Yankee predicament this year and where they're at this year, he's down the list on that because the team is just not very good. The lineup stinks. They have one guy that scares you. They have completely fallen apart. Like I look at the 2023 Yankees and their failures so far. It's far more on Brian Cashman than it is Aaron Boone. But this is where Boone drives you nuts. All right, as long as, long as we agree there. 
Here's where Boone drives you nuts. You strike out 18 times the other day, and you try to sit there and put a brave face on how good the lineup is competing with their at-bats. Don't insult my intelligence. And that's what I mean. He does not have the necessary leadership that the Yankees need. But the GM and the scouting and the analytics that the entire operation, Brandon, is a total joke. From top to bottom, they're a total joke. And I've been a fan that's been going to games for years. And honestly, I think this year might be my first year that I will not go to a Yankees game. And I lived in Norwalk, Connecticut from 2016 to 2019. And now I live in Bucks County, just north of Philly. And I could just go hop on the train and, you know, take an hour train ride up to New York. I, I just can't justify it right now. I can't justify paying a train ticket and then paying for, you know, the tickets and then spending money for food and beer and all that stuff. I just can't do it. I, I don't, I mean, I'd rather... Brandon, I totally, I totally understand. And here's the problem. Yankee Stadium does not agree right now because it's packed. Trust me, I was there, what was it? For the Subway Series with Stefan and, and Makes just a few days ago. Now, I know it's the Subway Series. They always sell out the Subway Series. That's probably a bad example. But I'll give you a better example. I went Friday night and I have the plan. So it's not like I'm actively looking to go to these games. You have the plan. You're like, shit, you might as well go. They play Kansas City. The team was playing like crap. They came back from that terrible West Coast trip. We go to Kansas City Friday night game. Packed. Yankees Royals Friday, July. It is packed. So if that's how Hal Steinbrenner is going to view what the fan base is thinking, then we're all screwed. I mean, Hal, I wish he had the gumption of his father. And, you know, this whole if George was alive thing gets annoying. It's like old man, like yell at a cloud, like 70, 80 years old. Like, they, you know, I used to hear it all the time back in the day. Some of the moves that George would make in the 80s and the early 90s were, were idiotic. Yankees weren't well run, but he cared. I knew that. This owner doesn't care. And, and I've said it multiple times. He is the Kendall Roy. If you watch Succession, you know exactly what I'm talking about. In the pipeline. George didn't want him though on the team. Who's basically handing the cake to his brother-in-law before he's messing around with the uh, the Steinbrenner daughter. Swindell was set up to run the New York Yankees. That's that, that's fact. Total fact. Let's head to uh, Josh. Josh joins us. What's up, Josh? Bro, uh, was it Vince? I think it was Vince. He really hit the nail on the head talking about current ownership and just... And also, I feel like the Mets landed it, to be honest with you. Um, was impressed by... Well, the sense I get, the sense I get, the Mets fan is fired up about these moves. The Mets fan was sick and tired of the product they were watching on the field. They were sick and tired of the idea of going and getting 40-year-old pitchers. And, and I feel like the Mets fans in my life are happy about this decision-making. Now, I could be wrong about that. There could be different Mets fans in my life who feel otherwise. But that's the sense I've gotten from most of the Mets fans I've talked to, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's what I've seen on Twitter for the most part, or X, as they say. Um, but uh, they and Yanks front office is is clueless. They're lost, as the you know the Pope would say. Um, lost, Josh. Lost is an understatement. I mean, lost. Lost is an understatement. They lost at sea. They're lost at sea like, uh, you know, 10 zillion miles off the coast. That's how lost they are with the way they're running their team. But there are people who actually will just, you know, lock in step, defend everything that the brand and the uniform may do. We don't do that. Not around here. Got to tell it like it is. And I know people get on me. I'm too hard on Boone. Well, listen, he's a part of the problem. There are many other issues. There are many other problems organizational failure. We'll take a couple more, and then uh, we actually got to watch these wonderful baseball teams tonight. Wonderful. Let's head to uh, Russ. Russ joins us. Hello, Russ. Hey, JJ. How are you? I'm doing well. What's up, dude? It's dark tonight, right? Going back to the old days. Uh, no, the light is I'm looking outside my apartment, and I still see the sun, so that's a beautiful thing. This is one of the darkest days of the history of New York baseball, okay? You've got two of the highest payrolls out of ten right? Major leagues. Neither team probably will make the playoffs. But I want to talk about the New York Mets. 
because I feel for my Yankee friends out there too today that called me and said, how you feeling, Russ? How you feeling, buddy? You're only six out. Your team gave up two weeks ago. And I said, you know what? You're 100% right. And so when you say most Mets fans are, <laughs> are happy today, my friend, I wasn't giving up on the season. Thursday night we win. We beat Washington. And I'm here and their best reliever got traded. And that's when I, I, I had a, you know, I had a, it, this is unbelievable to me. This is the most. So you bought in on this team, Russ, in, in all seriousness? Let me finish. Let me finish. No, 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 that's fine. But explain to me why you bought in on this team uh, from ni- after what you saw for 90 plus games. I'm curious. JJ, I'll tell you why, JJ. What was our record in July, JJ? <clears throat> Four games, five games over 500, I believe. Now, what if we get better? What if we go eight games over and then 10 games over? What if we're seven out? What if we're four out with, with a month to go even? I mean, here's a team, the Mets, that gave up seven game leads in three weeks to teams. That you could catch teams. You could catch players. You could get out. You could win 15 in a row with this team, you know? And, and the- not, not with this team, in my opinion. Not with their bullpen. Not with the age in the rotation. Verlander pitching better, great. Scherzer and big starts. Every time I saw Scherzer in a big start for the New York Mets, he folded like a cheap suit. And he did it in the month of June when you took on the Yankees, when you took on the Braves, when you played the Phillies. That, that's where I disagree, Russ. I'm sorry. I did not see anything out of the New York Mets that looked like. But did that team in any way this year look like a legitimate team that could go and beat the Braves or the Dodgers? Yes or no? Well, they beat the Braves. They beat the Braves. No, they didn't. No, they didn't this year. They've gotten embarrassed by the Braves. But no, 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 Russ. You couldn't, you couldn't be more wrong. What are you talking about? They got smoked by the Braves. No, they didn't, they didn't split. They got freaking swept. They had leads in every single one of the games, and they got swept. Come on. The team did not have the look. They did not have the feel. Now, you want to tell me they could have gotten more for David Robertson? Maybe they could have. Maybe they couldn't have. You bought in on this team because they played okay in the month of July. It's a little too late. Mark Hanna said it best. Maybe they should have played a little better early in the year and they wouldn't be in this position. Maybe. All right, let's take like two more. That got me heated. That got me heated. All right, I'm going to try Joey and Clark again. Joey, I hope your connection is better. Let's go. What's up, JJ? What's going on, bro? There we go. Uh, I'm doing okay, Joey. I'm embarrassed. And look, here's my thing. It just, it all started last week when we, you know, when we traded Robertson. Basically, the Marlins, I mean, when I thought about it, the Marlins are buying and we're selling. What a disgrace. They have like a $50 million payroll. We we spent almost $400 million with the luxury tax. I said, you know, here here I am. You know, we got a new, remember when, when, we, when, we, when we got the new owner? Remember, remember Robert saying, you know, you know, Steve Cohen is beautiful money. We were all happy. There's no more wool ponds. It's never going to be like that again. Bro, I have more angst now than I ever did with the wool ponds. I mean, it's unbelievable, bro. I mean, 2021, remember? We're in first place, April, May, June, July. We collapsed. Then we finished in last place. Last year, what happened? We were first place the whole season. For the last couple of days of the season, we get swept We get swept by the Braves, and we ended up making a wild card. And what do we do in the wild card game? We know, we know, we, we, you know what to bet. I mean, bro, and, and then this year now we get rid of all these players. Now everybody's happy. We got all these great prospects. Where are we, man? Where next year? Well, you nailed it, Joe. Next year is going to be a transition year for you. Next year, you're not going to be a team that has a legitimate chance to go into the year and win a World Series. But I, I guess my counter is, where were you right now? You had two forty-something-year-old pitchers. You took a shot. It didn't work. Got to reset. Now, they said they weren't going fire, fire sale route. They were wrong. They absolutely went and had a fire sale. Every which way. There, there's no getting around that. There's no debating that. What happened over the last 72 hours is a full-fledged Met fire sale. I thought they'd hang on to Verlander, but I can understand the logic. I can. They need to get younger. That three to five year window that maybe you were promised and dreaming of when Cohen took over the team, maybe a little outlandish. And I think he even said that. He goes, Look, winning a World Series is hard. And it's not just his money. You're learning now. You want to win? Got to have young talent. We'll see if the Mets have some young talent coming up. We will see. Next two to three years will tell us a lot more. 
Uh, let's take two more. Uh, RJ up next. RJ, ready to roll. Hello, sir. What's happening? Completely on board with everything you've said. This team, the Yankees, that is, needs to hit rock friggin' bottom. I don't understand why anybody thought any different when you see what this team is the last, what, 200, what'd you say, 200 games or one over 500? I mean, they are what they are. The roster is basically Judge, Cole, Stanton when healthy, not this year necessarily, and basically pieces of just junk. It's just nonstop. And Cashman is in love with these bargain bin guys, the Voids, the Ursulas. How is Higgy still on this roster? How is Chavino still our catcher? How is Cordero and Calhoun and McKinney, all these guys getting constant at-bats over and over? We have guys in the minors who are raking, like Floreal. Obviously, there's something wrong with him because he patched through waivers. No one wants him. But I just don't understand like what their thought process was when building this team. They have one of the worst-built rosters like in the league for a team that has $280, $290 million payroll. I want them to lose the next seven and have basically how wake up and then realize he needs a regime change. Goodbye, Cashman. Goodbye, Boone. Let's start fresh. That's the sense I get. That's the sense most Yankee fans are feeling right now. And I'm glad you brought this up, RJ. You guys can get on the Yankees and the owner for not going the extra mile in some off seasons, which was accurate. This year, they didn't go and get a left fielder. I don't know why. I don't know if it was financially driven. I don't know if it was GM driven, whatever the case may be. Their payroll is still insanely high. And to have the amount of weakness that they do on the roster with the payroll that they do is unacceptable. It's completely unacceptable. That's been the case for a while. It's taken a turn for the worst this season. Said it's about the Mets. I know what their plan is. They detailed that over the last couple of days. We know what their plan is. Get younger. No matter what they told you in the media, actions speak louder than words. They lied. Yeah, they did. But their actions are, we're getting younger. We didn't want to tell you it's a fire sale, but it's it's a fire sale. They have a direction now. Whether it works or not, who the hell knows? But they have a direction. The Yankees? What's their freaking direction? I'd love to know. Let's take one more. The great Jeff Money joins us. Money, the floor is yours here on this Tuesday uh, early evening. What's up, dude? Everything all well there. You know what went on with the fire sale today. Like I said, I dealt with these late 70s, early 80s. So that's when the Mets were really atrocious. So I don't mind about the fire sale. After Robinson, I said, I kind of bothered me. And I said, hey, after that, whatever, V-Lander, you know, the farm system was really horrendous. And hopefully uh, they can get good luck with that to build it up. I understand that this year was nothing. Now, next year, I don't think they're going to do anything too crazy, like we said probably the following year. And it's nice having the baseball package. I can watch the out-of-town teams anyway, which I do have a game for tonight and a couple for tomorrow. Tonight, I like the San Francisco Giants over the D-backs. What do you like about Do you like that game? Uh, I'm in on that, Jeff Money. I need the Giants. I'm in my three-strike knockout pool. I'm down to my final strike. I survived the Orioles last week, which was fantastic. Fantastic that I survived. I need the Giants to go 500 this week. So they lost a heartbreaker yesterday. So I'm on board with that money. Let's go Giants. Let's get it. And real quick, we're going back to the fires. I know it's a bad, a bad day being a Met fan when even a brave man comments to me and says he's sorry about the situation that happened today. But uh, anyway, as far as the two games for tomorrow, I, I like the Yankees tomorrow. I don't know if you really like them. I like them against the Tampa Bay Rays. I know it's a nice pitching matchup with cold pitching. And I also like the Brewers. They're like 140. Over the uh, dreadful uh, national, even though they have been playing better. You know, that's a low total. I have not, uh, full disclosure, Jeff Money, appreciate it as always, my friend. I, I have not even looked at, at the card yet for, for Wednesday. Got to get to Tuesday. I'm with you on the Giants tonight. I would make that bet. Um, I had the Mariners yesterday, and I know there was somebody out there that threw in the three teamer. The Jeff Money, JJ, and their own pick ended up hitting. So if you hit that parlay and you're listening, God bless you. I like the Red Sox tonight. Even money against Seattle. Red Sox, Giants. Two plays before we say goodbye. We got to a lot. Um, the Mets, a whole lot of transition. Worst team money can buy and not a whole lot to look forward to in August and September. That's for sure. Offseason will be interesting, but 
these next two months. Football season cannot get here soon enough. I've said that multiple times. I'll, I'll say it one more time. Football season cannot get here soon enough. And that goes for both of the New York teams. We'll be back on Thursday. Stefan and I are going to Giant Camp, so we'll have some uh, fun things to touch on when we're out seeing what Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller look like in person. We'll have the pod dropping Thursday night after Yankees-Astros. Good job, Stefan. We out. Enjoy the Tuesday evening. Be good, everybody. <laughs>